Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Hello, Dr. Rob. I'm a porn, chemsex, and fantasy addict, and have been sober from chemsex for almost a year, but still struggling with porn and objectification. I have completed Sex Addiction 101 Level 2 and 3, yay. I attended three support groups every week. Recently, I've been relapsing to porn every four days due to work stress and anxiety, and my social media use, only YouTube, has skyrocketed and I find hard to focus. Is this the addiction trying to fight back? Any tips? Thanks. Well, um, if you want to start, Tammy, go ahead. I mean, I... I hear a little blaming here, or at least it's, I mean, writing is sometimes difficult and people don't mean exactly what they mean. But when you say I've been relapsing on porn due to work stress and anxiety, um, and you know, it, it, everybody has work stress, everybody has anxiety, everyone has SHIT going on. You know, the question is how do we deal with it? You know, if I'm miserable at my job and I go run and then you know spend time with a friend i could do that or if i have a really difficult time i can go out and act out you know so um i don't think putting together your stress and anxiety with i i acted out that may be true but it's not an excuse for acting out i acted out because i wanted to you could have gone for a walk you know lots of things that are there the other thing i bet tammy's going to say this is what kind of support do you have when you feel like that you're you know, you said that you go to three groups. I didn't hear anything about, and I have a sponsor and I have friends there. And, and, and I've learned that I have to call them sometimes twice a day, or sometimes at the beginning of work and the end of work, you know, how do I deal with my stress? I can tell you when I get stressed, when I need most is support. And what I feel most is I need to do it by myself. <laughs> and why am I so stressed and what's wrong with me? And I, you know, I just attack myself. Um, this is when you need other people. So I wonder when you feel yourself under stress and anxious and, you know, can you turn to people instead of social media? Can you get away from your computer and connect with people? Because people are the answer. Relationships are the answer. Uh, they're the answer to stress. They're the answer to anger. They're the answer to loneliness. You know, I'm not saying relationships cure everything, but they're a great foundation. And so uh, the more you can build, especially with people in recovery, you know, that's going to keep you floating. Well, and, and while, while I'm glad you're here online, I'm also going, <laughs> like everything I'm hearing, you know, is YouTube and like, mm. when was the last time you went for a walk? When was the last time you called, you know, one of your peers and the groups for coffee? You know, like, I, I, so I want to back up to, I've been sober from Chemsex for almost a year. So yay, R really, I, I can't affirm that enough. That said, I agree with Dr. Rob. It's like, you know, you've got some some tools, you know, you, you sex addiction 101. What do you need to do um, to shore up what you're doing already? It isn't enough. Um, I talked a bit ago about the underlying issues. So, so yes, stopping the behavior, that's the first part of it, but addressing those so that when we're stressed and anxious and whatever else, we don't just go to YouTube or whatever else or porn, you know, we're going like, you know, what do I need to do? And 
having that plan, you know, it, like you, have, it, if you've been to those groups, you have a three circle plan. You already know you've slid into the middle circle. You know, you're not acting out in your, or you're not acting, you're not living in your outer circle. I don't want to use that count. You're not living in your outer circle. So what do you need to do to get back into your outer circle so that you aren't sliding right back into your inner circle? So, so you have some tools. I just have a feeling they're laying on the ground and you're not picking them up, you know, when you need to. Um, which then they're not as helpful. So, so yay that you're sober from chemsex. Glad that you're doing that. Glad you're here, but um, really lean into, you know, what else do you need to do to, you know, to make sure that when you're feeling anxious and stressed out, I went to a 12 step today. Cause I was like, I'm, I am not in a good headspace, you know? And I was like, I just don't feel like doing that. So I went to a, that was the right choice. So, you know, you can do that too. So. Um, I, have, uh, I just wrote a couple other things down real quick. Yeah, I didn't hear any, anything tell me about a relationship here. And so my guess would be, my guess is that you're single. And if I were getting close on a year, I mean, I might be thinking about, I hope you're thinking about who might I date and how might I go out and date? And now that i am been sober for a while, and because I think that we can get, you know, I, t I hear you saying, uh, I've gone to every one of the courses and I go to three support groups a week. And it's kind of like Tammy said, where, what do you have to look forward to? What is fun? No addict stayed sober because they went to enough meetings. Um, any, what is the point of being sober if you're not happy? And so this is why in AA they have sober dances because young people, I mean, new people to AA think, oh, well, I'll never have any fun if I'm not loaded. Well, actually you can. So I'm wondering, are you, do you have a relationship to look forward? Can, are you sitting with your sponsor and saying, if I were to start dating, you know, I having something to look forward to, um, I think recovery is more about what we do do than what we don't do. So as Tammy said, what are you doing to support yourself and enjoy your life? The other thing I wrote down is anniversaries are tough. People really struggle when they get a year, when they get two years, when they get, there's something about that date that somehow, I don't know, Tammy, how would you describe it? I guess we get overconfident or what do you think? I think it's both. It's like the pink cloud kind of disappears. You know, it's like, oh, it's been great. Oh, from I got stress at work. Oh, you know, like reality also bites, you know, so, um, so yeah, but, but, but I do think, you know, people kind of rest on their laurels a little, I've, you know, I've got almost a year, you know, like I've got this thing figured out. So, so I, but what you said, my therapist in treatment said, if you don't make recovery fun, you aren't going to make it. I worked really hard at making recovery fun. Like I, I know she was right. I mean, but she she point blank said that to me. I, I still remember her with her steely gray eyes saying, you know, if you don't make it fun, you won't make it. And I was like, I'm gonna make it fun because I want to I wanted it bad enough. So okay, I'm writing next that question. down, Tammy. What do you <laughs> what do you right. recommend when going through relapse and trying to stop in intensive therapy and 12-step meetings multiple times a day? Ah, oh, there's a lot in that question. Um, yeah, I know it's a short one and I'm thinking that too. Well, what does it mean to stop? Are you very clear about your plan and your recovery? Um, how are you, again, are, is there something you can do to enjoy yourself other than relapse? Um, 
And I want to go back to that one, Tammy, you know, um, again, you know, we, I've heard people say to me, you know, this is what I do. I'm meditating. I'm going to groups. I've been to therapy and um, I go to five 12 step meetings a week. And why aren't I really sober enjoying my life? It's because you don't have a life. So I'm not trying to encourage you to go out there and make yourself vulnerable, but I do think that you have to have things that you're enjoying. It doesn't sound like you're not doing a lot. It sounds like there's a lot here. Very related to the last question. What do you think, Tammy? I, I'm I, I'm wondering because this is I'm I'm going to intensive therapy. I I want to know I guess if mm. it's intensive therapy around these issues because people go to you know kind of generalist therapists and they're not getting this particular work. So if you are, you know that's you know that's uh, you know of interest. You know, but I'm also kind of going. What happened before the relapse? You know, like was there a life situation? You know, was there, you know, something that happened? Kind of doing the autopsy on what, you know, what happened that caused this relapse? Because it sounds like if you're in relapse, that means you had a period of time where you weren't, you know, that you were abstinent, you were sober, maybe even in recovery. I know people that have had years and then they relapse and then they're struggling. So so I would be curious what, you know, what was successful for you before and what might have happened. And it, it, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It could be a series of things. It, it's people, you know, stop doing what they needed to do. And then they get, you know, caught in the, you know, in the trap of, of acting out. But, you know, can you for today not act out? And then tomorrow, can you for today not act out? It's just for today, 24 hours. Sometimes I a minute it, at I a time. And sometimes it's an hour. Um, yeah, I wrote a couple of things down just to add that. And one of them is, you know, if you're really struggling with relapse, you have to make yourself more accountable. It's much harder to relapse if you know you got to call someone at a certain time or you got to meet them at a certain time or because then it's not just about me. It's about my connection to them. And then I'm responsible to them. And then if I'm late or I don't show up or I don't. So this means make plans. One of the I can tell you, I don't think I've said this in a while. There are two things I know because of COVID. There are two things that absolutely are. Uh, are going to be times when we are vulnerable as sex addicts and one is going to be travel that's why i forgot that one and the other one is unstructured time alone so one of the most important things when you're sitting around is to not be not have a plan is to have a plan even if it's i'm going to watch a movie in this hour and then i'm going to talk to this friend and even if you have to schedule in calls to friends it's really important when we get alone with a period of time that we have some way to connect. And that was the last thing I wanted to say to you is the more people you have in your life, the more activities you have with people, the less likely you're going to act out because a, a lot of the, in the deepest sense, it's about being lonely and trying to connect. And we have to work very hard at staying connected so that we don't have that emptiness inside of us. And we are responsible for actively doing that. So Good question. Yeah, no, that's all good. I had somebody that um, shared that they listened to one of the sex, love and addiction podcasts. Every, every time they even thought about relapsing, they plugged that in. And I was like, great. You know, I mean, that they had a plan and they executed that plan and that kept them from relapsing. I was like, great. You know, and then call a friend or whatever. But at least in that moment, you know, they had a plan. So, okay. Hello, Dr. Rob. I'm a porn and fantasy addict. And when I read symptoms for depression, anxiety, and ADHD symptoms, I feel like I have them all. Are, are these after because of porn addiction? Um, can you explain why does this happen? And do other forms of addictions have the same symptoms as well? I'm writing this down in an answer because yes. I'll forget. Okay. So 
Um, this is an indirect answer, but when I went to uh, get my master's in therapy, um, they would tell us all of the mental health disorders. And they said to us, be careful because you might have graduate school disease, meaning, oh, every time you heard a disorder explained, you think to yourself, oh, that must be me. Oh, that must be me. So one of the things is I think you're spending too much time on the internet looking at this and looking at that and saying, is this me? Is this me? Is this me? Um, I absolutely, you know, when I don't think this is a question you can answer by yourself. And this is absolutely something I would go see a psychiatrist for. I mean, an MD psychiatrist who can listen to your symptoms and see if there's something else going on, because um, it may not be, like you said, you have depression, anxiety, ADHD symptoms, and I have them all. Well, maybe it's time to go see someone who could diagnose you with what is actually going on. You know, Tammy knows this. I am not, um, I never push medication, but it makes me really unhappy, me, when somebody's life could be better. Um, if they simply, you know, if you had cancer and you had to take this medication, you would. If your heart would beat better, you would do that. But somehow, when it gets to depression or anxiety, people say, oh, I should just power through that. And so I really encourage you with all of these symptoms to go see a professional and get figured, in fact, get figured out what is related to stopping the behavior and kind of feeling all that stuff and what is overwhelming. Um, thoughts? Well, yeah, and, and I don't know if you've stopped. That was because I said I am a porn and fantasy addict and I'm not sure if you have stopped. Um, all of those things swirling around, absolutely. They, they, you know, they all make sense and, you know, things can be exacerbated. I think really making sure that you're working with a professional that gets addiction and, um, you know, and all of those things and not your general practitioner who hands out pills to everyone, the same dose, the same pill. You really do want, you know, someone who can identify, you know, what you really have in conjunction with the other things that you have going on. So, but, you know, absolutely. Are you going to, I think everybody who stops the addiction is depressed, you know, and it, and you asked, is it just sex addicts? No, it's every, you know, addiction at the core, you know, is it's all the same, how we act out, you know, in combination sometimes with other behaviors, you know, that's just, you know, how we're, I call it maladaptive coping mechanisms. We're trying to use all of those things to make us feel okay. And so, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, yeah, all of those things. Could you have clinical depression? Yes. Could you have a clinical level of ADHD? Yes. Um, the email me uh, and I will send you a link. There was a really good, actually, there's a podcast on it too, on sex, love and addiction. Uh, Dr. Todd Love did a podcast with Dr. Rob on ADHD but he also did a webinar on it and it was jaw dropping, you know, like it really is important to treat that. So, you know, so getting, the, you know, it's like everything else, get the right diagnosis, get the right help. You know, that's, that's how we, we improve. So next question, just, oh, go ahead. Uh, but I'm sorry, ADD, ADHD and sex addiction. If you remember this, Tammy, are the only, it's the only diagnosis that we can put together. In other words, about 20% of people who struggle with sex and porn addiction are also ADHD. So, and of course it comes from a more primitive part of the brain. So we're wired, some of that stuff wired together. We don't know how. Um, and of course, if you treat the ADHD, that doesn't mean you're gonna stop acting out. Um, but we all are dosing ourselves with intensity and serotonin and dopamine and all of that stuff 
what is going to make us feel better when we don't have the intensity to make all that happen? You know, it's sort of like withdrawal from a drug. You might feel really good while you're using it, but you feel really bad when you stop. So it's similar. You know, you're going to feel really, you know, rhapsodizing your sexual acting out. But when it goes away, it doesn't just you're you're not just even you're down one and it will take time mm -hmm. to, you know, to stabilize. One more thing. Addicts don't like to have feelings. I know that may be a surprise to you, but I don't want to feel I, I like happy. And I like, I really like fun as an active addict. So you were talking about this before, Tammy, actually, when you were in treatment, but I do not like frustration. I do not, I really don't like disappointment. Um, I really hate feeling responsible for things when I am. So, you know, I used to be able to sail through all of that stuff because I was so focused on acting out. Now I have these feelings and I don't want to. And because I don't want, I remember saying this, what's wrong with me that I feel like this? I remember that. What's, and someone had to say that that's how people feel when this kind of thing happens. So you may have been out of touch with your, yourself for such a long time that maybe what's happening to you isn't diagnosable and isn't horrible. I don't know. But maybe it's just you're adapting to having feelings um, on a regular basis related to the things that are happening. So we covered the basis on that one, Tammy. Yes. So the next one, PA spouse is telling me until I give everything to him, he will give nothing to me. 42 years married, but I have not worked outside the home other than our business most of those years. He retired, but has gone back to work. First therapy tomorrow with someone he says is familiar with the issue, but not a CSAT. He claims God healed him in 2015, but has played X-rated sexually explicit games for the last few years. I feel I take... Uh, I feel I take a few steps and he wipes it all out. Any suggestions to stay steady? I am so sorry. Wow, that hurts. I'm always sad. I'm always sorry, especially in relationships have been together for such a long time. Because I know, and this is a lot of context, but I'll say it. I know how often people say, oh, you know, we've been married 40 years. And you want to have that pride and that excitement when you have that kind of time together. And to say we're at 42 years and this is going on is really, really difficult. And I am sorry for you for that part. But I did want you to break this into questions, Tammy, because there's a kind of a lot of stuff here and I'm not sure how to lay this out. Yeah, the first part of it is the the porn addict spouse is demanding that you know the betrayed partner give him everything or he'll give him nothing. So but or what does that mean? Her nothing. What is well, that? Well I assume it I assume because this sounds like very financially tied. I haven't worked out. So, so unless you give in to me and meet my demands, you know, I'm going to make sure you have nothing and right. is saying, you know, I was magically healed in 2015, but has not, the actions have not aligned with what the word said, which is, you know, so, um, but, but the, the big question is how do I hold steady in this despite what the addict is saying, they're going to a therapist that is not trained specifically in this. Uh, well, says they are, but they're not a CSAT. So a CSAT is certified sex addiction therapist. It's 150 hours of training specifically after you already have a master's level or PhD level um, uh, mental health degree. So, so it is specific training. A PSAP is different um, that, so, so, uh, you know, a, mental health that we we're talking about complex mental health issues if you haven't figured that out already so so it's challenging but yeah well i i want I to say if, if yes and i'll explain that and i don't say things like that very often um no. you said 
I mean, you said that this might be about some kind of divorce from what I'm hearing, or there's some kind of separation and this person doesn't feel like they have, is that what I'm understanding? That this is a divorce kind of situation? Well, I don't think, she, what I'm reading is she doesn't want a divorce. Like there's no divorce right, pending, but, but if there was, he's going to make sure she gets nothing, which I don't even okay, think so in most states what is I, legal. So, right, yeah. so that's what I wanted to address. And that's why I wrote the word I wrote other than other things is that you need to get a lawyer. Like you need to find out your rights and don't go on, you know, you, you don't have to go for a divorce. You don't even have to go for a financial separation, but you really, really need to know after 42 years and you worked here and he did it, what are you, you know, and there it's different in different states, you know? So I would, in California, it, it has to do with the amount that I made before we met and all these different kinds of things. But I really think you're, especially since this person's saying they've, been healed, but they're acting out sexually and they're demanding of you um, and you're taking steps forwards and they get wiped out. This all just sounds like I want you to be protected. And I'm really glad you're here because I don't want you to have given up on the situation. I hear you are asking for help and the help we're giving or I give may not be what you want to hear, but you can't fit. It was like we said before, boundaries are to protect yourself. So you may you need the boundaries that helps you sleep at night to understand what legally you have you have a right to um, and what kind of jerk says says that you know puts that on the table I just think that's awful. So anyway, I think I hope that you get support for dealing with um, this threat that's in your relationship that you don't deserve. So I have a whole bunch of things, but I'll keep it short. I agree with Dr. Rob. I always say, go, go talk to legal professionals, know what your rights really are, because the stuff that you make up in your head is probably not exactly what it would look like. And just knowing what it is, you know, information is power. Um, uh, I, I would ask your therapist that you're going to see tomorrow. Uh, hopefully you've got a copy of Prodependence. Um, page 75 talks about... Um, the codependent language and the prodependent language. Um, I would ask that to make sure that the therapist is using the prodependent language so that you are not getting sucked into blame and being pathologized for your support for 42 years, including in the business, you know, my goodness. So, so um, I would look for what do I need to do for my safe boundaries? Boundaries are not punitive. They are, how do I keep myself safe? emotionally, financially, physically, legally, you know, what do you need to do to protect yourself? Financially is a big one for you because I hear that's the underlying threat with this is, you know, like I'm going to take everything. Well, you know, uh, yeah, there may be some place that that can still happen. I don't know where that would be. So, um, but, but, it, you know, what a horrible non-relational way to act. So, you know, it, this person's in active addiction. I mean, you know, there's just no other way to cut it. So, yeah, and I want to, you know, I, I know that Tammy doesn't like me using the word run, and I rarely, rarely use that. But in this case, especially since you've been together so long, I want to give you a little push. You know, what you're putting up with and what you're talking about here is not, it's not something anyone I loved, I would want them to put up with. 
I certainly wouldn't want a woman who'd give her heart and soul to a relationship for 40 years told, well, you know, you're not, you're not, you're lucky if you get some of this. I mean, I, I, that sounds like a big power thing. And then the lying and looking at the games and it just, it just feels like you're in a situation you really need to create a little space between you and him. And, you know, it may not be time to run after 42 hours, but uh, 42 years, but run to a lawyer, run to a therapist, run to situations that help provide you with more information, more support. Um, and yeah. by the way, there is a betrayed partners group that we have that is uh, running ongoing, and maybe she wants to stop in and listen to the other. In fact, I'm going to guess and say this is, might be someone for the posse. The old lady posse, they named it Whedon, but it is, you know, for people who have been typically in longer term relationships, it's tomorrow morning. Highly encourage you to do it. And, you know, I'm thinking, run, I'd be heck no, lock the, you know, change the locks. You've said that before. It's like, why do right. you have to run, you know, right. change the locks, you know? So, uh, and I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but like, you know, I'm, I, I really, yeah, I'm with Dr. Rob. I want to empower you. What do you need to do to take care for yourself? Here's another thought. If this was, I don't know if you have children, but if you have children, if this was your daughter in, in this position, what would you, encourage her to do if this was your best friend what would you encourage you know her to do and how would you encourage her to protect herself financially physically all of those ways and and you know like be be your best friend be you know be your mom you know what do you need to do to take care of you you know in all of this and not you know uh, i mean addicts are manipulative and you know yeah I mean, I hear all the, the stuff going on. So I really am advocating for you. So, and this is mean, you know, it's beyond me. It's just, yeah, yes. 42 years. And it's like that. It's like, you know, oh, sorry. I'm sure he's a very We're nice supporting guy you. and We're a supporting lot of brokenness. You. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, next question. What are some signs that it's time to end a relationship with an SAPA? Hmm. Well, I would <laughs> say when you become indifferent. Um, yeah, that's my best answer is when you're not furious of them anymore, when you don't desperately love them anymore, when you just kind of feel like I can't do this anymore. And I don't want to when a part of you has moved on. I mean, you know, there are lots of trite ways of saying this, like when you, you know, if you don't love them anymore or, you know, if you can't ever possibly trust them, which I think is an important thing. Um, I also, you know, uh, a lot of, I, like the person above you, a lot of people have been putting up with, with things that they would never let someone they love put up with, but they put up with it and usually put up with it because you love this person and you hope that things are really going to get better if you hang in there. But you got to look at your history and say, how do I have reasons to be hopeful? You know, am I just clinging on to hope because I, it's more comfortable for me than the idea of moving, you know, moving and shifting. So I, I don't, I think this is a tough one to answer, but I will say that uh, I say that the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And so, you know, if someone says to you, I can't stand you, they're passionately engaged with you. If they say, you know, I don't really care what happens, then they, they don't love you. And so I would look at myself and say, am I becoming, am I deeply impassionate? I hate you. And because I don't think that is a good time to leave. But uh, are you at a place where you just think, yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. To me, that would be a sign. Yeah. And I, I have seen this so many times too, where like someone may know in their head, like, like they, 
but they they don't in their heart and then you see that they those two places have connected and and then they have accepted you know that acceptance of it really is time i you know i've given this you know everything i can give and it's time for me to move on or you know it's time to end you know and and it doesn't have to be like there are some relationships you know even if people are in recovery that are just you know not really a good fit for people but um, but when somebody is being cruel and is not showing any signs of moving forward, you know, is that what you want? If you vision, I say this often too, if you vision this, you know, 12 months, 24 months, five years from now, and it's the same or worse, is that, you know, is that, are you okay with it? And you can be like, no judgment. Are you okay with that? Do you have healthy support in place for you to be okay, regardless of what, you know, the other person is doing, you know, if you do you know, you can, you know, lots of people stay, but if you don't vision that, then sometimes it's kind of like telling for you. So I have, I have one more comment about that, which Mm -hmm. is, I, I, you know, I read words very carefully and I don't know if they're correct when someone's typing here, but you said, um, I think you said, what are some signs that it's time to end a relationship with a sex addict, porn addict? And what you didn't say is, um, when do I know that it's time to end a relationship with my wife or with my husband or because they're not just a sex and porn addict, you know, they're also the person that you did this with and did that with and own this with and have. So, you know, you're not just ending a relationship with someone who has these issues, you're ending the whole relationship. And so part of what I read into this, and please excuse me, is a little bit of anger or a little bit of, you know, this kind of thing. And, um, and yeah, you're not just getting rid of the addiction by getting rid of him or her. You're also getting rid of everything else. And sometimes when people are, are angry, they don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, and thank you. I can't say your name, but thank you for the nice note. We just got yeah. a nice note. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, I saw that. So, yeah. So we, we are out of time and I know we didn't get to a lot of questions and I scanned through some of them and they're really good questions. So please bring them back. We, we promise we'll, we'll do our best to we'll be here. come join us again. So, yeah. So, but join sex and relationship healing.com drop in groups, other webinars, check the schedule. Like I said, for July, it's going to be a little different and the work groups, you can find them on seekingintegrity.com great foundational components and we have an amazing amazing treatment program as one person can attest um that's on here that uh really helps men change you've changed my life for real that's a quote from a former client so grateful Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.